Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you for joining this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by special guest Stacy Berger. Stacy has been mentoring people for the last 20 years in both mindset and strategy. She is a sought-after expert on mindset and breaking through to the next level. Her heart-centered coaching programs and workshops have built in proven, repeatable, predictable system to help you achieve your dreams. So thank you so much, Stacey, for being here. I'm very excited. We're talking all things mindset today, which is very important, um, especially in challenging times, which I would say we are still going through right now. So thank you so much, Stacy, for being with us. And just to get started, can you tell us maybe a little bit more about your journey and what brought you to this work that you do today? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Kaylee. And, and you're right, this mind, everything mindset is so important, not just in the tough times, but really all times. And for me, my journey has, like everybody, been lifelong. Um, I have a corporate background, so had climbed that corporate ladder, was in an executive position, loving my life, loving what I was doing. And there was a point in time though, where I, I, and I like to say it this way, I woke up one morning and I didn't want to go to work. And I think we can all relate to those moments in our life. And for me, it was really this pivotal moment where I realized that I was no longer happy. And if you looked from the outside in, I climbed the corporate ladder, making a good, healthy salary, had married to my best friend and lived in a nice home, right? All of those external pieces. And so there was also a guilt about not being happy. And so I did what most people would do. And I got up and I kept going to work and I kept doing the thing. And every day, a little bit inside of me just kept on dying. And I knew that I was meant for more than what I was currently doing. And my personal circumstances had changed, was now a mom, had three little kids and wanted to be with them more often. The other circumstance in my life is my husband, Jeff, he's a stay-at-home dad. And so I was the breadwinner for the family. So when you talk about everything wealth, um, financially, it just did not seem practical. And I'm sure there's many people listening today where we get into this place where we're financially stuck as well. And so I didn't see a way out. I thought, you know, suck it up, keep doing what you're doing and just be grateful that you've got this great job and life is pretty good. And there was this other part of me that went, no, I'm not meant to settle. I am meant for to do more and to reach more people and to be with my family the way I wanted to be with them. And so that was really a, a decision moment for me. And there came a point in time where I just made a decision that I'm not doing life this way anymore. And I want to do work that I love and be there for my family. 
And I made a, a very important decision in my life in that moment. And I started the process of ending a 16 year career with no idea of what I was going to do and what that was going to look like. And I'll tell you, it was scary, but I knew that that's what I needed to do. And I also realized that I had been waiting for it to be more comfortable and more convenient. And I'm sure, again, people can relate to that, right? It's the timing isn't right. And when the kids are older and when I've got more money in the bank and, and I was really in that spot of, of being stuck. And, and there was just this moment where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I said, enough, I'm deciding for life to be different. And as a result of that decision discovered a life coaching certification program that I absolutely fell in love with. I have been a student of transformation, of personal development, of mindset my entire life. And there was this opportunity now to marry my love of business and my love of mindset together and to really make a global impact. And that's what I did. And that was over six years ago. And today, have the privilege of, of working with clients all around the world to really help them live lives that they love while I'm loving my own life. And so that's a little bit about the journey to where I am. Um, and it always, it hasn't always been easy. Let me also stress that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing just to, yeah, so we can kind of, you know, hear about what brought you to where, where you are now. And it's, it's nice when it's like you said, a lot of these things that are a lot of people go through this, like very common to feel, you know, um, that, okay, well, everything, you know, the check boxes are done. I have the, the family, the job, and then thinking, but if it isn't really fulfilling or, or feeling that way, then yeah, is it okay to want more? So it's, it is that reminder that yes, absolutely. If it's that we can strive for that. So I think you like one thing you talked about there is being stuck, which I think is a very relevant, um, concept to maybe like delve a little bit deeper in. Cause I think, um, we can get so, you know, into our routines that we almost have blind spots and we're, we don't really see the way out either. We don't see how things could be different. So, um, what can we do? What would you suggest to people when, when they are feeling maybe stuck? Yeah, great question. And, and the thing about being stuck is like you said, oftentimes we don't even realize we're stuck because we're just in the rhythm of going through our days and we've just become accustomed to and comfortable in that daily routine and, and what we're doing in our life that we don't even know we're stuck. And that's what I realized that morning I woke up is I actually wasn't happy for two years. I just didn't give myself permission to check in because that wasn't what we did, right? Just be grateful for what you have. And so I would say number one is to do an honest check-in and to really look at how, how happy am I? How unhappy am I? And that can be a vulnerable and a scary question to ask. And that's why I think we often resist it. We don't want to admit to ourselves where we have those discontents and maybe where we're not happy, but that honest assessment is so important. And then that, that part of feeling stuck, and I think many of your listeners are probably high achievers. They probably do check a lot of those boxes. And so that can come with guilt. Um, that can come with this feeling of, hey, you know, don't admit to anybody. You know, people used to come to me for advice. And now who do I go to for that, right? So I, I think that's important. So first of all, 
finding somebody you can talk to that you trust who has navigated that, who's maybe experiencing some of the results that you want, finding that safe place, um, not the person who's going to say, oh, you're fine. You've got a good life, <laughs> not somebody that's going to do that. And that's why coaching therapy, mentorship, that can be so important because those, those people aren't in our day-to-day -day lives. They can help us help ask the right questions. I work with a really, really powerful question. And the question is, what would you love? What would you love? And really giving ourselves permission to daydream, to start visioning again, to start dreaming again. Oftentimes when we're stuck, it's because we've checked all those boxes, we've achieved our goals and we've stopped dreaming. We've stopped setting new goals. And so give yourself some time to really ask what's next? What do I want to accomplish next? What are some new goals that would get me excited? What would I love to create in my life? And that helps to move that energy and helps to really open up our imagination and helps us to dream again, which is much more inspiring place to be. Yeah. I love that. Like thinking about the possibilities. I feel the same way with money because sometimes people just think it is the way it's always been and, and they're not open to the possibilities and planning for the things they want to achieve. Like instead they sort of feel it's a reactive or it's happening to them versus turning that around and say, what do I want? Like, where do I want to retire? When do I want to retire? What does financial freedom look like? And so to me, yes, that really rings true with what people forget to consider as well. So that idea of really thinking about it and, and dreaming and the possibilities, not forgetting about that. Um, what about though, when, you know, when we're in circumstances like right now, we're still, um, we're a year plus into COVID and COVID restrictions and life has changed in many ways for a lot of people. And so, I mean, I think we're, people are dealing with stresses that we probably never had encountered up until this point in our lives. Um, so in the very overwhelming times, what are some ideas to get out of that or feeling like if we're feeling really in a rut or like things aren't necessarily positive going on around us, what would you suggest? Great question. Yeah, we're, we're certainly in unprecedented times, right? One of the most popular words of, of this last year. And there's a really great quote by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill is the author of Think and Grow Rich. And Napoleon Hill says that within every adversity, there's a seed of an equal or greater opportunity. And so what that means within every adversity, he's not saying within some adversities, some challenges, it's every adversity, any problem, any challenge, there is the seed of equal or greater opportunity. So if you think about the adversity that we're in right now, it's a pretty big adversity. And if Napoleon Hill's words are true, which I believe they are, I think they've proven themselves time and time again, there's a seed of equal or greater opportunity that the potential opportunity in this particular adversity far exceeds the adversity we're in right now. What I love about what Napoleon Hill is saying is that there, there's a seed, but for our, our work to do is to find the seed, to look for the seed, to nurture the seed, to trust that there's a seed. And that's really the opportunity is to know, okay, I'm in this adversity, I'm in this challenge right now, I'm in this place of overwhelm, 
And I know that there's got to be good here. I might not be able to see it right now, but I'm trusting that there's a seed of greater opportunity. And what happens when we start to look for those seeds, we start to look for the good, we start to look for the opportunities, they begin to present themselves. And I'll tell you that 95% of my clients over this last 12 month period are excelling in life and in business because they've chosen a mindset of really looking for those seeds and nurturing those seeds. And that can be tough for people who are really in that overwhelm phase to hear sometimes we go into comparison, but the invitation is just to begin to open up your mind to believe, hey, there, there could be some good here. And to start to look for that good as small as it might be, right? Maybe you've had more connection time with your kids. Maybe you learned a new skill. Maybe um, it taught you that you were more resilient than you knew. But start to look for those goods, those good seeds and acknowledge them. And that builds this momentum of acknowledging the good rather than the overwhelm. Yes. I love that. That's such a good book that um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Such a good book. Highly recommend it. Um, And I, yeah, I love the quote and the idea that in the worst of times that there is something there because we kind of want to maybe run away from those. And so actually leaning in to find what is the opportunity there, like a reminder to ourselves to also, like, I think a lot of the lessons we learned is when we actually reflect and probably we don't want to be reflecting not necessarily when the times are tough, but if we can and, and dig deeper into that to find those seeds, I think you're right that there is, um, opportunity there that we wouldn't even realize probably at first glance. Um, so why is the topic of mindset so important then? Cause you mentioned mindset and having, you know, what our mindset is in those moments. Um, so can we talk a little bit about that and, and why it's so important for people? Yeah, it's been, it's been said that success is 95% mindset and 5% strategy. And what I would say as a population, what we tend to do is we tend to spend 95% of our time on strategy, right? We, if it's getting more active or if in your business, developing business strategy, we tend to spend more time on the execution piece and the doing piece of it. But the truth is your mindset is controlling 95% of your success. And if I can dive a a little bit into that, um, the way that we create results is through our thoughts. So there's something called the law of cause and effect that states our thoughts cause our feelings. We know that, right? If If we're excited about something, we're thinking about something that we're looking forward to, we feel good, we feel excited, we feel empowered. If we're thinking about our great big long to-do list and the little bit of time that we have, we feel overwhelmed. We feel maybe um, anxious. So every thought that we think has a physiological response in our body that causes our feelings. And from our feeling or our emotional state, that's what's causing our actions. So our thoughts cause our feelings and it's our feelings that cause our actions. So when you're feeling excited, you're feeling empowered, you're feeling inspired, you take different actions than when you're overwhelmed, frustrated, depressed. And so our thoughts cause our feelings, feelings cause our actions, and it's our actions 
actions or sometimes our inactions that cause our results. And this is the law of cause and effect. Most people look at their results and they call them their causes. They say things like, well, I can't because, right? For me, it was, I can't leave my job because I'm supporting this family of five because, um, you know, my kids are too little. I had all of these becauses. And we tend to have a whole reason, a lot of reasons why we can or cannot do something. But the true cause is in our thinking or is in that mindset. And so if we want to create a new result, we have to go to our thinking and we have to go to our mindset. Because at the end of the day, it's that mindset that's controlling the results that we're experiencing. And here's why this is so simple but so challenging. We think between 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And research has proven that well over 80% of those thoughts are negative. So if our thoughts are creating our results and 80% of our thoughts are negative, that's not great for us. Here's the other piece of interesting information. Over 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. So we wake up thinking the same thoughts we woke up thinking yesterday. We're worrying about the same things we worried about a year or a decade ago. We're in these patterns of thoughts and those patterns of thoughts are creating our results. And so we tend to perpetuate the same results over and over again. So we're not happy in our job. We change our job and then we realize, oh, I'm, ex I'm experiencing a similar thing again, just in a new job or we end a relationship and we get into another relationship and we have the same problems because we haven't done that inner work. We haven't changed our mindset or those thinking patterns to be in alignment with a new result. So when we talk about the importance, 95% of our success goes back to that mindset and those thinking patterns. That's why this is so important. And it's the piece that it's, it gets lost in its simplicity. Yes. There's so much there. People can like rewind and listen to that again. Cause that's so important. And everything you said there is it's like oh, sometimes hard to comprehend, but like you said, sort of simple in, in the steps. Like if we just break it down to those steps again, but um, yeah, I love that. Like the pattern of thoughts and, and how they can even take you on a journey, those thoughts, like you'll, you'll decide an outcome in your head of what's going to happen. And then you find yourself having the conversation with the people and what they're going to say and what you're going to say. And it's just like a whole thing playing out. And then when you stop, you're like, and realize you're like that, none of that has happened. Like that is all my own sort of inner movie that I've literally just created, but it will just keep going and going and going if you let it. So I think that reminder of shifting perspective and um, it's not easy, but I find it's like, if you can do it at the start of your day, like I found myself recently waking up and just saying, it's going to be an amazing day today. And I'll say it to my daughter and she just looks at me like I'm a nutty. And she's just like, why? Like what's happening? I'm like, because like, it's just going to be an amazing day. And, um, she just, yeah. And then, um, it, it just changes and everything that's happening is good. Like it's the same things are happening, but you look at them in a different way. And that's that perspective shift. So, that's my advice is it's shifting that mindset probably in the morning. It's almost like when you're yeah. still groggy and you'll believe it, right? You'll just be like, oh, okay, sure. It's going to be a great day. 
so important what you said. I like to say to people, the most important thing you can put on in the morning is your mindset. It's not your hair or your makeup or your clothes. It's, it's choosing intentionally my mindset. And most people, um, we let our day decide our mindset, right? If the kids aren't getting out of bed or we get cut off or we're running late or if it's raining or snowing and we're simply reacting to the circumstances instead of, like you said, intentionally choosing, today's going to be a great day. No matter what's happening around me, I get to decide that. And that's really choosing to live intentionally and consciously. And I, I like to say there's two ways we can live. We're either living by design or by default. And setting yourself up for success in the morning with your a successful mindset is you're designing your day. You're intending for your day. You're choosing a success mindset first thing in the morning. And through the repetition of that, you'll create different results. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. What would you say about, like we said, okay, you have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. What about just the, the basis of like a lot of what I've read in the, my personal growth and self-development is that also that thoughts aren't even real. Like I don't like the majority or, or I'm not even sure what it is, or maybe not any of them, but that idea of if thoughts aren't real, like how can we kind of then get our head around that? Yeah. Your thoughts it's not that your thoughts are very real. If you're thinking it, our subconscious mind and our minds don't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. And so the thoughts that we think on repeat become our beliefs and our beliefs become our reality. The difference is, are my thoughts thinking me or am I thinking my thoughts? And so that's the piece that to get our heads around is I'm either allowing my patterns to think me right now and to run me. I'm thinking based on other people's opinion. I'm thinking based on what I read in, in the news today or I read on social media. And my I'm simply reacting and running patterns. Or am I intentionally choosing to think my thoughts? Am I intentionally choosing what kind of mindset I want to have? And that takes... I like, I call it rigor. It takes rigor to think new thoughts. And that's, I'm going to say the most, the most difficult work in the world is to cause yourself to think a different thought. And again, we get lost in the simplicity of it, um, but it's such important work. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, I love that. And I read like, I, lo I read, I love the work of Byron Katie and she calls it the work. And then that was really like sitting with me for a while that the work and it's work. And, and then when that kind of dawned on me, I'm like, oh, it isn't natural. It is work. And I'm like, I'm good at work. Like I'm the disciplined, I get work done. I have a great work ethic. So when it was like, oh, this is work, then it was that moment of aha of like, oh, it's not just natural. It's going to be like each time thoughts come in at the beginning, especially I have to do work and decide like stop and be like, okay, is this, you know, what I want to be thinking? Do I want to go down this path or do I want to change my perspective? So when I realized that statement of like, it is work, it, it really like one, like it was like this aha moment of, oh, it's not going to be easy it's going to take effort to do this. Yes. And what's on the other side of that effort is so worth it. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it because there's this freedom that comes with that, that I can create whatever I want to create. 
I have choice here. It doesn't matter if I'm in a global pandemic. I can still choose that this will be the best year of my life. I've got divinity. I've got free will over that. And so, yeah, the work is real, but the reward is the best reward. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's probably heavier lifting or harder work at the beginning too, because we have just been a lot of us are just on autopilot. And again, it's just, we have busy lives a lot on the go. So it's not anything wrong with that. It's just that if we've been doing things one way for so long, it's initially, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but again, very worth it. Um, what about if someone is maybe doing all the, like they're reading the books, they're doing the work and they're, you know, all these tools, um, but they're still not seeing the results. Like maybe they're, they feel like they're being positive and, and yeah, like they've done, they've read books, they've listened to the podcasts and then it's just that frustration of, but nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. I had a client, she called it her shelf help books, right? And I think it speaks to the volume that knowledge and information isn't enough. Um, we have access to, thousands and thousands of books and websites and pieces of information and that on its own isn't enough and here's the piece that's so important is we cannot see our own blocks we cannot see our own blocks especially our own subconscious blocks which is where most of those blocks and those limiting beliefs exist and this is why We need coaches. This is why we need mentors because we can't see them on our own. And the way I like to describe this is if you look at any highly successful business person, if you look at any elite athlete, they have coaches, right? An athlete doesn't get to the NHL and get rid of their coaches. No, they want people around them to help see their blind spots, to help them know where they're growing. I probably one of the most common things I hear from my clients is I thought I was a positive person until I, until I started to work with you. And I always say to them, you were a positive person. And I'll tell you, I was an extremely positive person and I wasn't always able to get the results that I wanted. And it wasn't until I really started to understand the science of transformation where I could go, oh, that's why that didn't work. And that's why that did. And it wasn't until I started to really hire coaches and mentors that that could point out to me, here's why you're stuck there. And then now with that awareness, I can shift and change and, and create a different result. Positive thinking on its own isn't enough because we have limiting beliefs. We have subconscious behaviors that, that we can't see. And unless we're doing that real deep inner work and um, have somebody to really point those out, it's tough to do on our own. And I think as adults, we resist that sometimes. You know, when we're kids, we naturally have mentors. We naturally have coaches in our parents and our grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers and sports coaches. And then something happens. We graduate from high school or college or university, and we feel like we're supposed to have life all figured out. And we enter into what's called Lone Ranger Syndrome. And asking for help is a sign of weakness. And and I'm so glad there's a culture that's changing where we do have life coaches and we have business coaches and we have executive coaches because it's raising people's awareness and raising people's consciousness to a point where we're reaching new levels of heights in our own lives. 
And so not to beat yourself up if you feel like I'm reading all the books, I feel like I know all of this, tough to do on your own, really tough to do on your own. And in fact, I always say, do not hire a coach that doesn't have a coach. (laughs) Because if your coach truly believes in the power of having that, they'll have that for themselves as well. Yeah. I am such a believer in coaches. Like I I'm writing, I'm working, I'm writing a book. I have a writing coach. I have a life coach. I, so I've, I'm not going to do the alone, lone ranger thing. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, Cause there's a lot this, faster ways. <laughs> there's a lot faster ways. I usually cuts the learning curve down. I would say by three to five years when you, when you have that right person in your life and, and you see it in the finances right? People, we know what we know and we don't know what we don't know. And so when we have advisors mm-hmm. and experts in our life, it helps us to accelerate faster. Yeah, exactly. It's the idea of people, you don't have to do it all on your own too, with your finances that you can have a professional help you. And we're the same thing. Those, that awareness piece is like, okay, let's start with the, having the awareness and do some of that work. So same thing, very similar. Um, but it's, yeah, just it, like having people, cause you're right. As adults, we're like, um, we don't, you know, think we can learn something new or, or be in that vulnerable, vulnerable position of, um, I don't know this. Um, and so it's a good reminder that absolutely we can be. And that's why all these, you know, the, all these supports and people exist to absolutely help you on that journey. So I love that. Um, what about work-life balance right now? Can you do any um, maybe advice or comments for people? Um, Cause we're still, a lot of us are still working from home um, here in Canada. There's been more sort of lockdowns and shutdowns and things like that. So um, maybe we're, we're in this position for a long time. And I think um, that work-life balance is maybe disappeared as, as work becomes our home or home is our work. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, it's kind of an age old problem, or I guess definitely in our generation is this idea of work-life balance. And I prefer, and I think this is so important um, to let people know is that work-life balance rarely exists. And balance, if you think about balance, I don't know, depending on your generation, if you had teeter-totters in your playgrounds, they're not allowed in playgrounds anymore. And if you ever stood in the middle of a teeter-totter and tried to balance both sides, or if you've ever tried to sit on an exercise ball and lift your feet, or or to if you're riding a bike and you come to a stoplight and you don't put your feet down and you try to balance it without moving, we can only attain that balance for a very, very short period of time until we topple over. We get distracted, we, we get that wobble. And yet here we are trying to find this perfect balance in our lives that's extremely hard to achieve. And once we've achieved it, it's really, really almost impossible to maintain, especially for long periods of time. So the reframe on that that I like to work with is work-life harmony. So to find harmony in our lives, where you know what, there's going to be certain times in our life where work is going to require more of us. And then there's certain times in our life where our kids or our parents or our volunteer work is going to require more of our energy. And so the harmony piece is when I'm at work, I feel really great about it. And when I'm at home, I feel really great about it. And so when we're looking at our calendars and how we're spending our time, there's this overall harmony and peace that I can be fully present wherever I am. 
And so it's not a time thing. It's more of this inner peace piece or this inner, inner harmony. And so what does that look like for you? And to know that there's going to be stages and, and it'll change and it'll ebb and flow, but taking care of yourself throughout. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So just harmony. Cause you're right. When we try, it just feels like the things happen and come up and yeah, my daughter will have certain weeks where I'm just like, Whoa, high maintenance this week. And then some, it's just a breeze. Um, so I love that. And I think too, it's like really digging into the things that you're really passionate about and, and loving. Like I found that I was really wanting to write this book and it was important to me and it made me excited and I wasn't giving it any time. Like I was just doing my day to day and it was work and it was um, being a mom and there was no time left. And I'd be, I'd, I'd have this like, well, okay, I'll guess I'll do it another day. But then when I was intentional with my time and started to make time for it, even a little bit and getting to do that little bit on a recurring basis, um, I felt so good. So it was that shift of just being intentional and making sure I was making time for the things that really mattered. And of course, those are going to change too. I don't want to be writing it forever, but um, right now it's important to me and I want to make time for it. And so I actually had to schedule that time in. Yes. And probably by scheduling that time, you, you feel better. And so you are a better mom and you're better when you're at work because you have more harmony in your life. Yes. Yes. So the harmony awesome. I love it. Um, let's, I guess if you had sort of one tool, um, or tip for people, what would that be? I, I'm going to share two of them. Okay. And, and one is if somebody were to say to me, I, I just have, I don't have any bandwidth right now. And I, I just need one thing that I can implement and I can implement it quickly. And it's not going to take a ton of time and I'm not going to take a ton of energy. And so if there was that one thing that you could do that could create a really great upswing in your life and you don't have a ton of bandwidth, I'll tell you what that is. And then I'll tell you the other tool that's essential as we're working on mindset. So the, the one thing, if you're just going, I, I don't have a lot of time, energy, space, it's gratitude. It's gratitude. And for many people, that's not going to be a surprise, you know, to have a gratitude journal, to have a gratitude practice. Gratitude raises our vibration, raises our emotional state. And instead of looking at all the things that aren't happening in our life and are the scarcity and the overwhelm and the fear, it just takes a few minutes really to all of a sudden start to look at all the blessings and all the good. And when we look at the good in our life, all of a sudden it shifts our perspective, shifts our energy, and we begin to attract more good. So Number one thing you can do is a gratitude practice. Great to do it first thing in the morning for the reasons that we spoke about earlier. And even better if you can write it down. But if you can't do either of those things, just start. What are you grateful for right now? And I love this idea of um, gratitude rampage. So what that looks like is in the moment, it's I'm so grateful for my computer that we are able to have this conversation today. I'm grateful for the lights in my room that allow me to see around my space. I'm grateful for the warm water that I just go turn on my tap and there's warm water. So looking around the room you're in and just noticing what can I be grateful for my calendar? Uh, what can I be grateful for? And 
And it's just a, such a simple but powerful tool. So that's number one. Love it. If nothing else, do that. Number two is have a vision, have a goal, have a destination. Highly successful people have a picture of where they're going and what they're working on accomplishing. And when we have those goals, when we have that vision, when we have something that we're working towards, we start to see different opportunities. We start to see different resources that we would have missed otherwise. So really, really important to have a vision, have a goal, have that destination. And inside that vision, the clearer you are, the more powerful it is. So those would be the two top tips that I could give. I love it. Okay. So let's be grateful anytime we're having a moment, especially if, yeah, if we're having a rough day, just that reminder, oh, gratitude. And then just start listing off what we're grateful for. Love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Those are great tools and tips. Um, I'm sure the listeners will really appreciate those easy ones that we can just start doing right away. Yes. And that's the key Kaylee, is to start. And that's what stops most people is the start. And because we don't know where to start or it feels so big, it feels so overwhelming. Um, but it's the starting. And once we start, it builds this momentum and, and then we catch that wave of that momentum and it just gets easier and easier and easier. I love it. I could talk about this stuff all day. Love it. Love it. Um, if listeners want to get a hold of you, reach out to you, what's the best way? The best way is, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. So Stacy Berger, S-T-A-C-E-Y-B-E-R-G-E-R. If there's somebody listening right now and you're, you're really ready to create new results, one of the things that I do is I offer a complimentary strategy session where we can talk about where you are, where you're feeling stuck, help you get greater clarity on your vision, where you want to go, and then what's the next best step for you. And so I have a couple of spots in my calendar every week that I carve out for those. And, and you can find that on my website, stacyberger.ca. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. There's hundreds of videos on there just with little mindset tips. Um, but Amazing. again, get started, get started, get started. Okay. Reach out to Stacy if you want to get started or have that. Yeah. Open your mind to what, what is the next best step? I love that. Thank you so much, Stacey. Um, I really appreciate your time and, and all these tips you shared. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm sure the listeners will too. So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity and thanks for creating the platform. Such an important conversation. Absolutely. All right, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.